Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Hello, hello. Hello. Oh, yes. Dispatching from hard times. Yes. I feel feel like the world feels very heavy at the minute. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that I'm definitely feeling the ramifications of the things that are happening in Ukraine and, and around us in the world and I know that it's definitely having an impact and I'm pretty sure that our listeners will be feeling the same too. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's important to recognise where we're at and um, yeah, some. I think our hearts go out to those people that are suffering right now and mm. being faced with um, just devastating situations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We can only hope that when this goes out that the world will be in a less um scary place but yeah we do not know yeah yeah i know and that is my hope that by the time that this podcast gets released that there have been some uh some talks and some some way to find some peace and some some harmony um so i can only hope that that is the case yeah and this is a very short-lived situation absolutely yeah so with all that how are things going how are you doing yeah, they're not bad. I do. I feel quite emotional. Mm. Um, just thinking about the fact that people are really suffering and struggling. Yeah. Yeah. I find it really hard to deal with when other people are so heavily impacting on on people that are just innocent and want mm. to go about their business. And mm-hmm. you see the news, and there was a um, a mum was talking about how, you know, twenty four hours before all of this happened. She was, you know, going about her daily business, worrying about the kids getting their homework done and, Mm. you know, what they were going to have to eat. All of the normal everyday challenges that we think we're facing Mm -hmm. where it feels a bit hard. And then 24 hours later, whole life is turned upside down and people are being shipped out to different places. No idea where they're going. They can Mm. only pick up a bag full of things and and have to leave their homes like Mm. and, and be separated. Families being torn apart because you know, men and, yeah. and are, be, are being told that to stay behind and fight and yeah, yeah. being separated. People carrying small babies and not even, do, you know, haven't even got a, a pushchair or a pram or any mm. supplies that they're able to take with them. Mm-hmm. Children must not have a clue what's going on and hearing sirens and mm-hmm. uh, bombs going on. I just can't imagine what it's like to be in that situation. It just, my heart goes out to them. I find it so so devastating. Yeah. Yeah, the pictures are terrifying. Mm. Yeah. 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 Is it on, yeah. is there a lot of publicity about it in Canada? Is it? There is. We've got it all the time. Yeah, there is. Yeah. The weird thing is, so I've, I've been seeking, and my very good friend here, I think we compared notes, um, we're geographically a little separate. It's totally front news, front page news. Mm. But I do find that because um, I think Canadians were a little bit um, burnt out because mm. sort of uh, we, we had a really big, ch- 
really big. It's not big at all, but like really like uh, like a big sort of challenge in air quotes to our democracy. Um, and mm. we're we're just not feeling like a unified place. And there's a lot of uncertainty yeah. and there's a lot of fatigue. So I feel like a lot of us are I have a feeling that a lot of us are also just turning off the news channels. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's and it's weird. I think maybe even Americans are more engaged than Canadians. I think Canadians are super checked out right now. I think we're, mm. we're just, uh, um, but isn't that weird that, you know, because of geography that you can choose whether to check in or check out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's coming off the back of everybody feeling really super anxious about life anyway, because of, yeah. you know, coming out the back of a the global pandemic and then mm-hmm. impacts that we're already facing financially, um, you know, food prices fuel prices rising like there's already such a kind of it feels like there's already such a heavy atmosphere mm-hmm. and then to lay in this on top of it I think yeah. you're right it feels like just too much for people to take yeah and we really do feel like pawns of a very small mm. group of people in this world because even yeah. it's not just sort of the the guy who's invading Ukraine right now but it's also the fact that the price the price increases in inflation affect mm. the majority of us but there's yeah. a certain number of people who make decisions in this world and they're not at all affected by gas prices. Yeah. yeah. And it really does feel like we're a bunch of serfs sitting at the mercy of some royalty mm. somewhere. We have no yeah. say. Yeah. It just feels really unjust. It does. Mm. Yeah. And justice is, injustice is not a value we have around here. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it certainly isn't. Yeah, it's so true. No, it's tough. Yeah. It is tough. Yeah. You know, I suppose the speaking about this is almost the relationship news. I, you know, I, mm. I don't know if you had any relationship. Well, I do have something to share, which I think I found quite useful when I came across this article. So ah, okay. it's maybe not so much relationship as such, but it is something I think that it will help people. So the, the article is all about um, how do we cope with the endless bleak news cycle so oh, exactly what we're just talking yeah. about and and I was really grateful when this popped up on my news feed mm-hmm. and I thought actually this is something that I can really help try and use to help to make sense of, of where I'm at and, and, and the th- the feelings that are coming up for me mm-hmm. and the emotions that I'm experiencing because it is really hard so it, 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 this was published kind of you know right after the, the invasion of, of Ukraine. So it's purely, totally topical and connects to exactly where we're at and, mm. and how we're all feeling. So it talks so it talks about the stuff that we've just discussed about how we're coming out the back of, of what has been a very tough um, and, drama- and traumatic cycle for a lot of us anyway. Mm-hmm. And how it's understandable now that this news is is going to come to us and going to affect us and impact us in, in such a way. But it talks about some really offering some tips to help us to feel less overwhelmed. And I know I'm feeling overwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found this article really, really useful. So the first thing that it talks about is don't beat yourself up um, for feeling less resilient. Mm-hmm. So I think that's some really good advice about giving yourself permission to Mm -hmm. feel okay with with how things are so if you're feeling overwhelmed that's okay it doesn't make you any less of a person Mm. it just means that you're experiencing it in a in a slightly different way or you know something has just tipped that tipped the balance right um so give your you know give yourself some time and some grace to be able to process that and process how you're feeling mm. and um and you know just take a, a, a pause and try and take a, take a breath to mm. just really 
focus on how you can pick your energy levels back up and it's okay we're always going to have these ebbs and flows in in energy levels where sometimes things just feel too much and Mm -hmm. and that emotion or that piece of information tells you that you can do something about it so maybe it's that Mm. you need to rest and just take some just retreat slightly yeah and that's okay to be able to do that nice the next thing it talks about is um, balancing staying informed with doom scrolling. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I have to do. So there's a real tendency when there's something as traumatic as this happening in the world that we want, we want to seek information. So we want to seek knowledge and, and information about what's going on. We want to stay up to date. We want to be aware of what's happening. But there can be a there can be a tip in that where we go too far. Mm-hmm. Um, this happened to me at the start of the first lockdown I was obsessed by the news I would kind of every single day uh, I think there was one point I was three hours on there watching a news program Ah. I was like I have to switch off this is too much Mm -hmm. so there's a real balance between staying informed and staying connected with what's going on Mm -hmm. and but also limiting yourself so if you are finding that that is too too triggering and too difficult and it's actually causing more anxiety mm. and for you to feel more o- overwhelmed by the situation, pull yourself back and really recognise that, you know, stay informed, limit yourself to maybe once a day just checking in on the news mm. and the rest of the time. Try and abstain from that so it's not, you, you don't get that same feeling of bleakness and heaviness that goes, goes with it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so the next thing is don't wake up to bad news. Again, this is something that oh, I do. Yeah. So the first thing you do is the news, yeah. reach for your phone to find out what's happened overnight. And because, we again, yeah. it's back to this thing. We want to stay informed and, and know what's happening. But actually, it yeah. says when we start the day with bad news, we tend to feel more stressed and anxious because we have this surge of cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Mm. And we're feeding it in those first few mm. moments that we wake up. So instead of that... Um, it's about doing something else, um, you know, when you when you first wake up to to try and kind of just equalize where you, where you're at, and mm. and then you can look at the news. Maybe you know a little bit later on when when you feel like you're kind of ready to face the world. Oh yeah, okay. it's almost like you're giving yourself a shock start by. Yeah. And, you know, they say how you start your day is how your day will progress and continue. Yeah. So I, I guess if we're starting from that standpoint of reading something that's really really um upsetting and traumatic then that's the first foot that we're putting into um into the day with yeah yeah and we can't control what happens. i think we try to stay informed so we can try to mm-hmm. kind of almost feel like we are have a sense of control which we don't yeah 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 and i think that's part of the problem right none of us can really control what what is going on and then mm-hmm. that feeling of helplessness is where a lot of the overwhelm comes in because it feels like it's so tragic, but yet we can't do anything about it. Yeah, 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 it's true. Um, it then goes on to talk about practical things that we can do to lessen anxiety. So it talks about um, sharing your feelings and um, and talking to somebody that can help you to to feel slightly safer. So, mm. um, and if you haven't got access to that, then write those feelings down so we've, we've mm. talked before about journaling um even if you don't keep it right you don't have to keep any of these thoughts you can just having a stream of consciousness that gets something off your chest and then you know tearing it up or burning it like whatever getting rid of it is mm, yeah. or type it into a computer and then hit oh, delete yeah. don't and save delete, it yeah. um so we don't 
I think sometimes we feel a bit conscious of the things that we write down because we don't want somebody else to read it. But there's nothing that says we have to keep it. Yeah. So that can work. And also just, you know, speaking out loud, just talking about what's going on, even if you talk to yourself, if if you're on your own and Mm. or there isn't anybody else available to have a chat to. You know, just talk, talk it out, say it out loud um, as you're wandering mm-hmm. around your house doing kind of a few chores or whatever it mm-hmm. is. Um, but I think the whole thing is let's not bottle up the feelings that are there because we try and suppress them. They're going to come out in mm-hmm. some shape or form. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a very topical rel- relationship desk correspondent. Yeah. So these things do, and I, and yeah. I guess you know, if we want to link it as well to, to a relationship perspective, is be really mindful that other people in your life, if you might not be affected by this, you might kind of think actually it's not in you know it's not on my doorstep. I don't really have any connection with mm-hmm. it, therefore I, I'm not really identifying with it, and that's okay too. Mm. But it's important to recognise that somebody else may be, and their feelings may be different to your feelings, and yeah. they're all still valid. There isn't, you know, none of us are having feelings that that are invalid. There are our personal feelings and emotions. But let's try and recognize that in other people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was having a conversation with my partner on Saturday night about it. And he, um, just about kind of how it affected me over the last few days and and how I was feeling really, really emotional. I was in tears watching Mm -hmm. the news, Mm -hmm. just seeing the, the, you know, the trauma and devastation that's being caused, like, what feels like for no reason Mm -hmm. I can't you know really struggling to comprehend it and it is good to to talk to somebody and then to know that you've got somebody there that Mm. that feels like they've got you know they've got your back a bit and Mm -hmm. can just give you a hug or um you know tell you that they understand what you were saying yeah yeah so yeah let's let's be aware that you know we whilst we may feel one way other people will feel a different way and, and and take some time and check in with each other oh that sounds wonderful yeah, yeah. oh sarah thank you oh it's a very emotional episode today yeah i feel very sad yeah yeah well we have to have like we have to accept all emotions as neither good or bad in our podcasts so some yeah. are super jubilant and some are mm. sorrowful and yeah all yeah. of them are beautiful yeah well, so, would you like a hot topic? Yeah, let's move to the hot topic. Yeah. Okay. So, I think in the spirit and in reflection of, what, of where we're at, we, Anna and I had a discussion. We had a hot topic chosen for this week and um, and we decided to, to switch that and just recognise that people will need something different um and that we're in a we're in a time that just requires something else so Mm -hmm. so we decided to switch the topic to um creating peace harmony and connection Mm. and uh, when we think about kind of war and and fighting and and struggles that are going on it's really it's really hard as we've said to, Mm. to kind of comprehend that and I guess an antidote to that is to say well how can I create more peace, harmony and connection in my life mm. to help to overcome some of those more kind of, as we'd associate, kind of negative emotions mm-hmm. or feelings? Um, although we say, you know, there are no good or bad emotions and, and feelings. They're just, mm. they are what they are and they're a signpost that tell us something. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but a great antidote, I think, is to really focus and double down on on having and how we can create our own peace and harmony within our own small sphere of the world. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's our hot topic for yeah, today. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Mm. And and I yeah. Gosh, it, and it's, it's, I don't know why the first thing that I think about is MDMA, because uh, there was an um, article in the New York Times that came out a few weeks ago about how couples are actually leaning on some couples, it's not like a huge, like massive wildfire of a trend, but some couples are taking ecstasy together in order to facilitate some of their couples work. And the reason why is because like to, to create peace and compassion and understanding, mm. you have to be able to see and feel the other person's point of view which mm. is so hard yeah. and the the effect of this drug as as somebody who was I've never actually done that one and uh, as somebody was describing it it makes you feel like you completely get the other person and if they say something right. that's a little that's a little c- criticism or whatever it doesn't emotionally affect you you just feel mm. unbounding love mm. and I just feel like well aside from all of us taking ecstasy you know but <laughs> but that's you know how do we create you know, compassion, peace, and love, and understanding is is we we treat people with compassion, and we don't yeah. get pissed off, angry, defensive, fearful, mm. <laughs> which is hard. So I'm like yeah. a shot of ecstasy for everybody. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not so sure I advocate the drug taking, but apparently totally it's a little what, hit and miss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I totally get what yeah. you're saying, and it is about we often think harmony is 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 total joint agreement but it's not actually it's that understanding or that intention to understand another and to then be able to go with with that whatever it is so we we move out of the resistance and we move to acceptance and yeah we have to practice some grace and some forgiveness and and really try and channel into that unconditional love which means that the other person or parties are not changing. They're just about as annoying, silly and stupid as they always have been, but it's a mind shift in you. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can use what is happening in the rest of the world to, to help us to take a bit of a reset, to really get things into perspective and take some, some context from the situation. Mm -hmm. And all those little niggly things that maybe we are finding annoying or, um, you know, would feel kind of like they're insurmountable. Are they really, in, you know, in the grand scheme of things, mm. we when we look at some gratitude for the things that we do have and we can wake up and know that we're safe and we have a, a mm. roof and a bed to sleep in that belongs to us and, you know, we've got our freedom, then if we think about it in that context, how really challenging are some of those annoying little habits or... Mm. How, you know, how difficult is are other things in our relationship that come up mm. with our partner? So when mm-hmm. we think about it like that, is there a way we can use that mindset shift to really gain some perspective about how important some of the things are that we're holding on to? Mm. Yeah. All of a sudden, I w- as I look at several things that I'm dealing with with my partner, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. That doesn't seem so, <laughs> it doesn't seem so big. <laughs> Even though like three seconds ago, it just felt massive. But yeah, it's true. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so there is that opportunity to reach for the more kind of, um, I guess, affirmation or um, understanding about the relationship and about understanding what you have got. 
Mm-hmm. Where are the strengths between you? Um, where are the things that, you know, what are the things that you really like about each other? Yeah. I think when we are in a, when we've got a, a conflict going on within the relationship, where all we're focusing on are the things that we don't like or yeah, and we're in that place of resistance where we just, we're willing everything to be different and mm-hmm. it's not. And so we are constantly, I suppose, butting up against whatever mm. the challenge is. And if we could take a step back and say, actually, what are the things I'm really grateful for? What is it mm. that I really admire or respect in my partner mm. and, and focus on some of those things? You know, where can I show grace to myself? Where can I show grace mm. to my to my partner and and accept some of the things that because just because it's our reality, our view doesn't make it right either. Yeah, it's so true. And and maybe it takes a lot of energy to think about doing all that right now, but maybe mm. it's just a matter of just laying down of arms for just a little bit to be like, well, maybe I, I'll, if I had the choice to say something kind, even if I'm yeah. just sort of overlooking my, my unhappiness with the situation, yeah. it probably right now takes less effort than just being intentionally mean or fueling the, mm. the conflict. So maybe I'll just put down my arms for a little bit, like a bit mm. of a ceasefire just yeah. for a little bit. And there's a lot to be said for choosing some kind of words and choosing mm. um, a different way to to express ourselves. Um, you know, I'm a good fan of, of some reality TV. So I was watching <laughs> one at the weekend um, and it's a really good escape mechanism as well yeah. from everything else that's happening. Um, and there was the, the this couple were getting together and um, and they, they do this as part of this program. They do this honesty box where mm. they have to uh, answer questions that have been predefined by the experts. Mm. And uh, so this this question came up. Are you physically attracted to me? Mm. And um, the guy answered the girl in such a way that I was horrified with. <laughs> so he basically said to her, well, I kind of find you attractive, but they'd been intimate. Um, but when we, you know, when we were intimate, um, I felt like there was nothing there. And I've had one night stands that have felt better than that did. Oh, oh my God. <gasps> and these are two people that have committed to oh being God. together as part of this experiment in this program. And I was oh just God. horrified. So even if he's thinking that, even if he's thinking this wasn't the best yeah. sex of my whole entire life. Yeah. To phrase it in that way. Oh my God. Like it's just so mean. I can't understand yeah. why you would deliberately say those words knowing that they're going to hurt somebody. Nobody can receive yeah. that in a good way. Yeah. We're never going to receive that and go, all right, okay then. <laughs> you know, even the the most robust of us who feel kind of, you know, perfectly comfortable with who we are as people are still going to find those words mm. difficult and challenging to hear. <laughs> oh my God, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine? I, I mean, and and it's funny too, because I really like honesty. Like if I'm asked an honest question, I'd like to have to give an honest answer. So, you know, f- there there probably isn't room for flattery here, but you're right. Like another choice that's not mean, it yeah. might be honest. It might. And sometimes again, like honesty sometimes requires to withhold what you're thinking. It may, may not be that you lie. Mm. And also like allow room for like sometimes you know, having sex for the first time with somebody can be super awkward and horrible, but like, see what it's like the second time. 
And that's the thing though, isn't it? So you, th- there's two things in that. One, I can choose the, the words that I use mm-hmm. and I can choose kinder words to express how I'm feeling. Yeah. And the second thing, you're right, like not every time, you know, the first time that you have sex isn't always going to be that great Yeah. because you have to learn to appreciate each other, learn to understand each other yeah. and learn kind of what you both enjoy together, which may be different to the things that you enjoyed with a different partner. Mm-hmm. So there's part of that exploration, which is the fun bit, getting to know each yeah. other. Um, so to come out with that, like I, I just thought it was horrific. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're we're all in control of the words that we use and how we express ourselves. And even if you do nothing else, as you say, let's just pop aside some of the differences and let's see if we can use kind words. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gives yeah. us some control in this world where we don't feel like we have control. Yeah. Yeah. Brings the yeah. brings everything down to the microcosm of our of our home. Yeah. Which yeah. isn't it funny how we want to seek to have control over world events, but yet when mm. maybe a therapist or a coach is like, what's in your control yeah. to be able to change? It's like, well, the other person has to change. I can't do yeah, anything. Yeah. And yeah, I feel yeah. the same way. Like I'm always looking for ways my partner can change. Always. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but actually it's within my own control. Yeah. But, you, but you're right. It is about it's really easy to say, you know, let's stop the, the invasion of Ukraine. Let's kind of live in a harmonious way. But we're not in control of any of that. We don't have to do anything. Yeah. But yet if we say, OK, let's apply the same principles at home. How can we stop invading each other on a daily basis and bring, you know, some peace and some connection together? Then that is within our control. And we have a choice about how we show up and how we behave on a daily basis so you know let's start at home oh I I feel personally called out and not by intention but like I'm like (laughs) oh my god that is it is so true just how much I uh the outsource the sense of control over my relationship so I think that a few people listening would kind of say yeah I've (laughs) I've I've heard those same excuses before I'm great at those kind of excuses and I think the other thing is there's always there's always more we can do so it's easy to say kind of I was asked this question in relation to something else where they said you know somebody was exploring their their opinion in the kind of wider community and well you know do you think that we do enough and and I said well I think that we can always do more so and if you think that you've done enough you probably haven't and I think the same principle applies when we're looking at the relationship and how we can improve the connection that we've got together there is always more that we can do yeah oh Mm. nice yeah okay all right so shall we do a um a question yes let's go okay all right today's question oh (laughs) i always think it's weird how the question has some slight connection to um (laughs) to the hot topic and i've just i've just twigged what this one is but anyway i'm gonna read the question now (laughs) that's so awesome Okay, so I've just started dating a girl and we've had the conversation about your sex number. You know, the number of people that you've slept with. Oh my God, her number is quadruple mine. (laughs) And I don't know how to get over this. I'm feeling so inferior. (laughs) This is so common. And, you know, I'm going to assume this is a guy writing in because like guys Mm. are surprisingly and notoriously and I all the time in coaching, like the judgment of women's sex numbers 
Mm. And even the the nicest guys, the guys who are, and they know it, they can see it. They're like, I know this is a double standard. I know this mm. is weird, but it's shocking how, anyways, that's a, that's a whole yeah. other side. But interesting connection to what we've just been yeah. talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I can't even, I can't even remember having a sex number conversation with my partner when we got together. I wonder I if that's kind that. of a newer thing, actually, because yeah, you're right. I used to, I remember for a few years, I was like tracking on my little piece of paper. I would like <laughs> write down numbers. <laughs> but yeah, and I remember, I I don't remember going through that. I don't think that we talked, though. I think that these days, I think people are talking about stuff like this, whereas mm. it was sort of a don't ask, don't tell thing in, in my yes. day. Does that sound? Yeah, yeah. yeah that sounds totally yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, also, there's, there's there's something in that, isn't there? Like, don't ask a question that you don't want to know the answer to. Oh, <laughs> totally. And in this case, it's kind yeah. of backfired a bit for this person because they've asked a question yeah. that they were curious about yeah. and they weren't prepared for the answer that came back. Right, because they had an assumption. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they in their mind, they, they, they thought of a ceiling number. They thought, well, it can't mm-hmm. be more than this. Yeah. I'll be curious to hear what you say. And it's like... Holy crap, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Do you think people are having more sex nowadays as well? Like before they get into relationships, are there more do you think oh, there you've are more got kind it. of like flings? Yeah. And, so I think people And Tinder, like how do you yeah. like hook up? I mean that was the whole basis for it, right? Yeah. How do you count those numbers? Like you don't count that you just kind of have a sort of plus or minus a dozen, right? Like you don't know. <laughs> But yeah, it's a very different thing. I think because casual sex is like a lot more easy to come by. I I guess for the average person, I feel like those who've who've been out for casual sex have always found it. But like ordinary, mm. like prudish people like myself, I feel like we didn't have. It's kind of like cocaine. Like I've never seen cocaine. No one's mm. ever offered me cocaine no, at a party, ever. Yeah. And so I, I'm either really uncool or I just don't sort of step in the same crowd. There's other people mm. who are like, I'm tripping over cocaine all the time. So like where? <laughs> I know, right? So but that's the thing. Like, yeah, I do not, I don't trip over cocaine or drugs. I don't know why. I don't keep the company or else I look like a narc. I'm not quite sure. But, uh, <laughs> but same thing. Like I wasn't tripping over casual sex. I was uncool. Mm. I wasn't in the, in the crowd. But I think I, there was I really more of a, st- <laughs> yeah, but there was more of a stigma to, to women and I don't know if that's still there, whether there's some of that in this question around kind of that judgment that goes along along with it. If yeah. you were out there having casual sex and putting yourself about a bit, that mm-hmm. that came with a negative connotation and a negative judgment. Um, oh, I did. totally think that it's okay. Like if you want to have sex with somebody, have sex with somebody. Yeah. As long as you're comfortable and you're um, doing it of your own free will and you feel safe and secure and you've... Yeah. you know you take your necessary precautions and you have regular sex checkups then you know yeah, yeah go and get it wherever you want love yeah. <laughs> is what I would say um yeah. Yeah. but but you're right I mean it just wasn't it wasn't really a thing I wasn't it wasn't something that mm-hmm. that friends did or I mean it just wasn't a thing I know but no I think I th- I'm catching the vibe that these days it is and yeah. What's delightful, actually, I think about this question is that they're like, this person is insightful to their bias and they're insightful. Like mm. they, I really like that they're, 
well, maybe in their head they had a few choice words, but they're not like, you know, again, slut shaming, right? And and a lot of folks have had to reclaim the term slut to be like, yeah, I am a slut. Like I'm yeah. absolutely, I enjoy sex. I enjoy sex with many people. I'm polysexual. But like this person isn't shaming this girl that they've, they've started dating, uh, but they're noticing the feelings that are coming up for them that are very yeah. uncomfortable. And that's actually what drives the anger and slut shaming is it makes somebody feel inferior. And so what happens yeah. when they don't know what that feeling is, they get angry and then they retaliate and mm. then they try to take the other person down so that they don't have to feel yeah. Yeah. this so they inferiority. Can, yeah, they can, yeah, they can, they can squash those feelings and actually then just transfer the energy somewhere else is what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's been the underpinning of a lot of, uh, of history of abuse against mm. women. Yeah. is um just a fear of a feeling of being in fear mm -hmm. yeah. yeah but there's some great awareness from this person because they've actually hit the nail on the head straight away and gone yeah. actually this is making me feel a bit inferior yeah so i have actually coached a client around like what number is too much mm. this sex number came up and i think the my client is still kind of stuck on the number and and will continue to, to be so but the thing is it's it's what actually came up as the story unfolded, as we were coaching and as the, that relationship actually came to an end, um, but the reason why was not the sec her sex number, it was the why she was having sex. And, and it mm. turned out that actually she was having sex for, for reasons that were not in a, a powerful place. Yeah. And um, it was for validation and sometimes for drugs, mm. <laughs> yeah. you know. So there were, there were the, yeah, the sex number was not a... It was the why of the sex number that got it was the, the yeah the why am I seeking it in the first place yeah that's yeah. so yeah. that pattern which led to a high sex number actually was the demise of their relationship mm. yeah yeah so is there anything else that you need to know from this person asking the question before you start coaching them no but I think for me the thing I'd start to explore is their why like why is it that you are having the feelings that you're having mm. why is it that you you know, what is it around the information that you've been given mm. that is then causing a challenge for you? Mm. So they would be some of the questions I'd really start with. Mm. They've already touched upon the, the fact that they feel inferior by this. Mm. So I think it's then working through doing some um, myth busting around yeah. what it actually means. Because as we've just said there in the in the hot topic, right, you have two people together and it creates a whole different dynamic to anything that you've had before mm. because... You just, we're all individual and unique and that makes us all pretty special. Mm. Um, and so when you when you get two people and you fit them together and the different people, you'll get a different combination of stuff that happens. Mm -hmm. And there's something about having your own confidence in when you're in that situation that actually I've got lots to offer. And mm. and even if, as we kind of said in the hot topic there, if it, if it isn't a great kind of start, that doesn't mean to say that that's, you're doomed to have kind of bad sex with this person forever. Yeah. You can, it's the start of a real exploration and, um, and, and, you know, just try a few things out to see what combination works best. Yeah. Which then feels more exciting than thinking, oh, am I ever going to live up to, to what's gone before? I mean, they might have had a lot of, had, had a lot of sex, but maybe not with people <laughs> who they were sexually compatible with. Absolutely. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's been good sex, right? 100%. Like 100%. I think that's the thing that I've learned. I didn't know that till now, but like there's a lot of 
kind of bad sex out there. Like it, you, mm. you kind of have the in mind that any sex is good sex and for certain purposes it is, but like mm. it can be actually quite atrocious. Like it, there is mm. really something to knowing some, the, there is something to knowing somebody. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is. Yeah. It's yeah. so true. Ah, wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, there's a bit of kind of confidence factor there to work on, isn't there? There's a bit of myth yeah. busting. There's a bit of um, reframing. So how can we move from this being a a difficult situation that we where we do feel inferior to actually a situation where we're excited about exploring and, and getting to know the other person? So yeah. I think there's a bit of reframing there to be done. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah. It is nice to work with, you know, because this sounds like an insightful client and it's really nice to work with folks who have reached a space where they've cut through some of the projecting mm. their shame onto somebody else. And we can actually yes. start because this the beautiful thing about this person asking this question is they're, they're fully asking like, what's in my control. Love it. Yeah. Love yeah. working with clients like this. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And there's a, there's a certain amount of acceptance of the situation. So accepting you can't change the sex at. number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if we accept that, how does that make things feel different? What do we want to do next once we've yeah. accepted it? And I imagine that one of the things that this person is thinking about is like, does this, if I can't get over this, does this mean that I can't date a person with a high sex number? Mm. And the beautiful thing is like through coaching is like, you can decide, yeah, no, it doesn't mean somebody's off the table. Yeah. It means that I can harness a whole new bunch of awareness, insights and acceptance and, mm. and possibly this person might be an incredible person mm. just came to me with a high sex number. Yeah. maybe you'll discover through the course of your relationship that like, I mean, life is long and, you know, you think you know yourself and I'm not going to necessarily get into like polyamorous relationships all too heavy, but just saying that like, you never know what comes of anything like it, you know, what seems like an impedance can actually be an opportunity. Mm. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Okay. Wow. So we leave on a, on a somber note, but on you know, maybe seeing a little bit more about what's within our control to, to contribute to peace, if at all yeah. possible. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. On the plus side, here in Canada or here in Toronto, it's going, apparently in the next week, it's going to go from like the minus tens to like zero. We're all excited. I was thinking about you the other day when I was, um, <laughs> when I was at home and I was feeling a bit chilly and I thought, get a grip, will you, Sarah? <laughs> it's minus 19 where Anna is, get a grip. Well... It was um, my. It was minus yeah. nineteen. Now it's just minus ten. So it's pretty yeah. good. Mm. Hey, but there's nothing like a. There's. No, I'm sure nothing like a damp winter day in Jersey mm. though, because the dampness. Well, it, it was just freezing. I mean, obviously not literally freezing, but I went out. There was glorious sunshine at the weekend. Like it oh. really tricks your mind into thinking oh. yeah. that spring is here. Yeah. Um, and I took all of my willpower not to dress inappropriately so I was going for a walk oh. with a friend and she said to me put your big coat on whatever you do put your big oh. coat on it looks really nice and it's not oh. and I was getting ready and I and it looked so nice I wanted to just wear a you know a big jumper and a oh. gilet and feel a bit freer uh -huh. um and all I could hear in the back of my in the back <laughs> of my head was put your big coat on put your big coat on and I am so pleased that I did <laughs> Because there was a bite to the wind that took your breath away oh, oh. and made it quite unpleasant to walk in. Oh, <laughs> so, gosh. But apparently we are 31 days away from it being late at 7.30 at night <gasps> now. 
that's something I'm looking forward to. Oh my God, I am. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm excited. All right. We'll so that make it makes through. me feel more optimistic. That's it. I'm not doing another winter. That's it. <laughs> I've decided. <laughs> I think you are. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just a question of where. <laughs> I, know. I, I know, I know, I know. Exactly, exactly. I would certainly like you to do another winter because... Yes. If you're not, then... Well, then I'm six feet under or sprinkled exactly. over some sort of body of water. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, let's not uh, wish for that. Okay. Um, but maybe you can choose where you spend it. <laughs> there you go. I like that. I like that. Yes. Winter in Australia. Yes. <laughs> I mean, nice. yes. December in mm. Australia. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing time with me today. Yes, thank you for um for being there. Yeah. All right. Till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.